Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. We'll keep you apprised of everything that's coming up. And uh, this Saturday morning, 9 to 11, drop by, let's see, where do I have it? There we go. Uh, It is Ground Up Coffee Cafe. Say hi to Lynn Spence. She's going to be there from 9 to 11. And you can sign the National Popular Vote uh, petition there, as well as go to coloradovote.org. Jim Takeda has a lot of information there, as well as I think that's the official for the whole state, where you can find out where you can go and sign the national popular vote uh, petition. So, I, you know, being this was years ago. It's like, oh, I need to become an involved citizen. And RTD was having these different meetings regarding. Oh, like the Southeast Light Rail Extension, a whole variety of things. This was before I got on city council. And so I go to a meeting, and there's not very many people there. You know, they, and they have a lot of meetings. So that then they can say, we had all these meetings. There's not many people there. But I got into the meeting, and I'm like, what just happened? I don't think they really wanted to hear my voice. Uh, I feel like they already had a predetermined decision. What, what just happened? And it was, and then when I got on city council, again, I would kind of see, I thought that they wanted my opinion, but I don't think they did. And what, what just happened? Well, I realized there's something called the Delphi technique. Mm -hmm. And it is a, it is a way to actually make John and JQ public think that their voices mattered, but in essence, their voices have been manipulated to a predetermined outcome. And, you know, people are busy out there, and they're trying to do their duty. But I thought this was a representative government and that, that they would take our input. But this whole Delphi thing has been used, I think, on a regular basis. So, Patty, what's your thoughts on this? I agree. I hadn't heard of the Delphi technique until about a year ago. And it made me think of another meeting that I was at about three, four years ago. And... I had the same experience that you did. When I walked out, I'm like, oh, they were smooth. Because I could see how they were getting people who really stood at the beginning of the meeting anyways on issue A very strongly. And by the end of the evening, they had moved them where people were actually saying the exact opposite of what they were saying, you know, three hours prior. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out about the Delphi technique, I'm like, oh, wow. This is exactly what happened. So, you know, again, it was come on out, come on into this community meeting. This is what we want to talk about. And usually you think, okay, so you're all going to be sitting in rows of chairs. Well, it was round tables. There were about 10 people at every table. And they had a facilitator there. And in the beginning, it's like, well, we want to bring consensus. We want your opinion. And in the end, we're hoping that we can all come to mm-hmm. a resolution that we all agree upon. Mm-hmm. And so the the facilitator gave his spiel. And it was interesting because there were people moving around the room, and you could tell that they were looking at us. And I believe at my table anyways, there was definitely a, for lack of a better term, a plant. And that person was to make sure that our table moved into the predetermined conclusion. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And as people were voicing their opinion, this one particular person was, well, did you ever think of this? And don't you think we could, you know, change things a little bit? So we're really not moving the policy. We're just enhancing it to be more up to date with what was going on. And this was an 
they had the facilitator at the beginning, then we had maybe five, ten, or, um, five to 15 minutes different times to talk within the, the group of 10, and then at the end they brought everybody back again. And so it, it's just exactly what it is. There's a predetermined conclusion. They want consensus. They, they know how to do it by having a very strong person at each table. And you walk out, and you're like, how did you get from A to C? There were a few people at the end who still stayed at their very base. I was one of them. But a lot of people had moved, and it was just fascinating to see how it happened. Jan, how about you? What well, was, what's been your experience with the Delphi technique? Well, a couple things I just wanted to say about this uh, for the listeners. Think of it this way. It's a systematic process. It's, a, it's scientific manipulation for, to garner public opinion that you feel you have an invested interest in through that process. And so then they take that data from the process that, that Patty just described, and they use it almost as if it's uh, data-driven, uh, that it's reliable, that it's a cross-section of the citizens that were engaged and involved. So they not only manipulate you while you're in the process of gathering that data, then they take that out into the public arena and use they it for news advertising, and- news reports, and the whole process. So, but we also have to go back to, whenever you're in this, who has skin in the game? So let's go back to those okay. three uh, pieces. Who's backing it? And are the facilitators, are they backing the wishes or needs or desires, whether it's the government entity, whether it's a corporation, to, to come up with that? result that that group is looking for. So you want to look at who's the financial backers of that and what, what's their skin in the game mm-hmm. for a pre, this, whatever this predetermined um, outcome is. Why don't we use an example? So you talked about Tabor, for example, the Taxpayer Bill of um, uh, Rights. Okay. So let's just say that there's some Tabor initiatives that, that might come up. Okay. You're going to have people both pro and con okay. on that side that could be potentially manipulating that data. And so look at it from a public policy standpoint. What's your hot button? Was it the sex ed bill if they were doing uh, certain uh, Delphi techniques to drive a certain technique that parents would say, overwhelmingly, 87% of the parents that went through our process wanted this uh, it might type only of policy. Been <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the danger in this process. So who has skin in the game? And that will, and why are, why are they walking us down this predetermined um, outcome that they want? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I saw this, and as I look back now, when I was on city council, Steve, you may want to weigh in on this. Um, one of the things that, uh, that had been a question, and that was to get a pedestrian bridge across Lincoln, down in Lone Tree. And uh, so... Instead of the question was whether or not we were going to have one or not have one, there was no utilization study that was done. It was then kind of predetermined by, I I would say, the mayor that we're going to do this. And so he brings in city council, I remember, and, and they went out and they hired... That one of the top architects, and that you know they have all the different little plans. So we have three different little models here. So it's not whether or not are we going to have a, a, a pedestrian bridge or not. It's which one do you want? Yes. 
And uh, so then instead of going, wait a minute, I didn't, I don't want to spend $7 million on a pedestrian bridge, they kind of have already negated that particular voice because now you're going, oh, I, I like this one better than that one. And I thought, I have just been Delphied and I didn't even know it. And so I did vote against that $7 million bridge. I have, uh, I've actually never seen anybody crossing it. Uh, many people have called it the bridge to, be- to breakfast so that people on one side, of the the uh, Lincoln can walk over that pedestrian bridge on Saturday mornings to a breakfast place on the other side, but uh, there was no utilization study that was done. They wanted it. They were going to figure out how to do it. And I think I'd be, been Delphied. Steve, do you have any comments? Because you live kind of close to me. I um, the first thought that comes to mind is being the troublemaker that I am. Since there's a Starbucks close by, I would volunteer to go there and uh, camp out on the uh, outdoor patio. And do a a user study mm-hmm. just to see how many people cause it. Now, on the other side of the coin, though, when I first heard that it was going in and what they were doing, knowing that there's an elementary school just to the north, uh-huh. you know, Lincoln is crazy, in the, especially in rush hour. All right, I said, well, this is common sense. Because of that elementary school, lots of kids crossing Lincoln. But until you put out the little breakdown of that $7 million and who paid it, I mean, I was just aghast. And especially the well, and, lovely artwork. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and to that point, actually, there's not that many kids that are walking to school on the south side of, of, of Lincoln. Um, you especially know, when there, that. there's a senior center to, on the south side. So how many elementary school kids are coming out of that particular area? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to tell that story or not. I'm going to think about whether or not I'm going to tell that story because... It was it was pretty brilliant. Um, I'll ask the girls during break. <laughs> I was going to say you think about it, and and to your point about how they had the predetermined three bridges. Yeah. What they do in these meetings is they have predetermined questions that go up on the board, and they'll give you clickers. And sometimes your answers won't be up there. And I at this meeting a couple of years back, somebody even raised their hand and said, "Well, my answer's not up there." And they go, "Well, pick the." Pick the closest one. Oh, so you couldn't get no. your answer. Right. You had exactly. to choose one you of their don't pre- answer, right. right? But they still can say 87% agreed with the popular answer, even though you didn't even vote. Or they might even say 80% of the people that answered the question. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, when we come back, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about, so what do you do? Okay, so this is the process so what can people do? Okay, sounds great. Uh, so this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks in studio, two guest chicks, and that is Jan Cook and Patty Kirk. And we're talking about the Delphi technique, and uh, it is fascinating. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me, guest chicks, Patty Kurgan and Jan Cook. We're talking about something called the Delphi Technique. It's been used uh, in government, I think, to get John, well, I would say politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties to get John and Jane Q. public to get to, to agree to some predetermined outcome. And uh, the first time that I had been Delphied, I'm like, what just happened? I walked in, and um, I think I agreed to something that I didn't even think I agreed to. So it's very, very effective. And uh, we'll have additional information. You're going to have some, Jan, and I'm sure Zach will get some out on Facebook as well, 
on the Americhicks. And be sure and sign up for uh, all of my information at americhicks.com. But, Jan, what do you think people, I'm going to go to you first, and then, Patty, I'm going to go to you. What can people do when they are in a meeting Mm -hmm. and they're like, wait a minute, I think I heard about this on the Americhicks. This is happening what should I do? Well, when they when they actually go to your website and get the information on the, the Delphi technique, what they'll find is there are very, some very simple rules that they offer, such as uh, try not to uh, be overly aggressive, you know, continue to be persistent about a- asking your questions, and then reframing when the facilitator states what you said and it's completely the opposite of what mm-hmm. you said or mm-hmm. not the intent, and hold them accountable to speak up. Uh, the other thing is to recognize, be there to be aware so that you can, after uh, the session occurs and if an outcome does come to fruition, a new policy, a new bridge, um, the dismantling of the taxpayer bill of rights, that you can bear witness if there's an article in the newspaper or you hear somebody on the radio saying, oh, 87% agreed with this particular question. You can be the voice of reason that can share with your neighbors, your friends, call into that radio station, write an op-ed that you participated and share your experiences. But here's the key thing. We're, we're, you're bringing this up, Kim, obviously, because uh, we've all three of us have experienced this. And we want people to be aware of how public policy is shaped and how often you're being manipulated. And, you know, another thing about that, that, you know, I had Tom Cranowitter on. We've talked about we have moved from a representative government to a administrative government. Mm-hmm. And I saw this with the Douglas County School Board. They have all these different committees and they use these committees very effectively from a Delphi standpoint. They'll say, this committee, so the planning commission recommends, but yet the, the um, politicians have selected the people that's on the planning commission. And many times they'll try to move the planning commission to a specific outcome. And so what you've seen is then they effectively, this commission or this group or this committee has agreed to this. And I think that's another way to use the Delphi technique. Patty, what do you think we should do? I think um, accountability is really the key. We have to hold our policymakers, our legislators, the people who are holding this forum accountable. And one of the key ways that we can do it is to be informed ourselves. There's a lot of people out there who just listen to the sound bites on TV, on the radio, and they really don't look at it. Especially, like, my best example is this past legislative session. A lot of people did not read the bills, and they're just mimicking and repeating what they heard on the radios. And, I, and I'm like, did you read the bill? Because that's not really what it said. Mm-hmm. And and so if you don't read what the policy is or what the bill is, and then you go to one of these forums, they have a real good chance of manipulating you much easier than if you go in informed. So the first thing is to be informed before you even get to the meeting so that you understand what the issue is. And you can ask educated questions. Or if you see somebody else ask a question to what Jan was saying is a lot of times they don't answer that question because they don't want the public to really understand what that person was asking. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they go off topic, they change it. So you can stand up and say, you know, you never really answered that person's 
question because I've been reading up on it and I have the same interests and would really like it to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And in these meetings, you should always be respectful. Yes. But it, I find that people get so emotional, either A, if they have an agenda, mm-hmm. or B, if they don't really understand what's going on. If, Patty, to your point, if you've read the bill and you're sitting with someone and you know that, that they may have the agenda, they ha- may have these talking points that they're... And I tell you, that's one of the things on city council is... We would get our packets. And again, I thought this was kind of a Delphi technique. We wouldn't get our packets until Thursday. And uh, then the meetings were on Tuesday. Sometimes they would be like 250 pages long. Sure, that's a t- tactic. And uh, I'm going to give you an example on one other thing. And this is something that I need to research out. Regarding um, the Ridgegate development. You know, this is a big development that is in Lone Tree. And there was a, an agreement for Ridgegate West that was put in. And then, uh, and I haven't really, I need to actually go and read the one for, for Ridgegate East. And the mayor had actually been teeing it up for months that we were going to change the, change that agreement. And uh, so I kept waiting for the changes because I wanted to read it. I wanted to understand it. So it was the meeting right before Christmas, and um, I hadn't really read the packet. I thought I knew what was happening, and I actually got a call from somebody on staff, and they said, you might want to take a look. That agreement is up for review uh, on, on Tuesday, and I'm thinking, okay, well, normally you would have it presented, and then there would be another set of meetings but before you know, there would be a reading, and then there would be a second reading, and he said, and it's going to be approved on first reading, and I'm like, I didn't think that could happen and I said I'm not really comfortable with this and so it was basically pushed through on a meeting right before Christmas there wasn't a second reading on it and um, so I voted no against it because I saw that as I it was a technique I think that was in part of this whole Delphi thing Patty any comment on that you know um, one of the news stories that the last couple of days has been down in Douglas County and the STEM school, whether or not they're going to get the renewal. And as a charter. As a charter. And they were one of the top high schools in Colorado. Correct. What you reported on mm-hmm. Tuesday, they were ranked number nine in the state. And my understanding is the uh, agenda was not released until Friday night. And so it's another technique. It's another technique, and people were making phone calls over the weekend. You really have to get to this meeting on Tuesday night because they're going to be talking about whether or not it's going to be a one-year renewal or a three-year renewal. And they ended up, they didn't do any kind of uh, decision-making on it. Which is another technique. Which is another te- technique. Plus, people called, my understanding is on Tuesday, and said, we are starting public comment at six correct that's what you always do and they said absolutely when they got to the meeting they said oh we've decided to delay the comments until eight until eight and then the meeting went until one in the morning and the other thing i'd like to say about that so that's a technique stalling is a technique Mm -hmm. uh bringing information forward at the last minute Mm -hmm. where people don't have time to be educated and to review and to rebut But the other thing that's so disturbing about that is that parents who I talked to that evening who came over to a different meeting said that they had babysitters they had set up for to be able to get in there and speak and leave. I hear that the meeting went till about one. But these people represent these parents that it's supposed to be local control, local 
um, collaboration with the with the school board and parents, and they just took their constituents and said, "I I don't care about what you have it's to so say. I don't care. I don't care about your time, your money, your energy, your children that are waiting for you with their babysitters. It it was a disgrace." Well, and uh, it's disrespectful to, and I saw it down at the Capitol as well. I, I saw uh, when I was down for the vaccination hearings, uh, um, Lois Court, who was a Democrat, head of the committee, she would, she only, she limited the amount of time for each side to speak. It was equal time. However, there were 500 people on one side that wanted to speak and 30 on the other. How is that honoring people? So. Friends, I think people are waking up to this. Jan, you have about a minute. Well, Final thought the, on this. The key thing, I think, what we're all saying here, we're using a, a number of different examples in how our public officials are manipulating us, whether it's through this uh, Delphi technique, whether it's through the stalling. All of these are ways in which we, the citizens, are being manipulated. And, Kim, what you're just bringing forward is be aware uh, don't don't be a stooge in, in a way. Be be aware and understand that as a citizen, you you can push back, and you have tools that you can use to be informed, educated, and don't let them get away with it. Well, that's for sure. And Patty, to that, going back to our quote: "Speak your mind, even if your voice shakes." That is what Winston Churchill had to say. What's your final thought? Be informed, and be there. And I know it's hard on parents, but. One of the spouses has to be there. If you don't show up, then your voice won't be heard. Well, and the frustrating thing about it is these people showed up. They kept until 1 o'clock in the morning. They didn't make a decision, so that means they have to get a babysitter for another meeting. It is... It's disrespectful. It does not respect people's time. And that is one of the great things about private property rights is your time. And when uh, others don't respect other people's time... I think that that means they don't respect them. They don't are not respecting John and JQ public, everyday regular people. So we wanted to bring this forward because I didn't really know that it had a name until just recently. And hopefully you've learned something on that. And so with that, I think this kind of um, goes into what you were saying, Patty. And first of all, thank you, Jan Cook. And thank thank you. you, Patty Kurgan. Great, Pleasure great information.